So hi again. Hey. Hey, this is Chef Olive and this is James Melgren and Chef Olive and James Melgren and Chef Olive. And where are you from? <laughs> I'm right across from you. Can you see me? No, I see you now. It's all becoming clear. This is the, the fog open is kitchen. This is the open. Oh, right again. No, no. So this is the open. This is the open kitchen. Again, without me talking. <laughs> Say it when I'm not talking. <laughs> This All right. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> this is the open kitchen. Yes. We are in the heart of the gourmet ghetto here in Berkeley, California, at Kitchen on Fire. No! Sit back, relax. Don't be afraid. We're professionals. So, what's our first question today? Yeah. How can I cook every day without being a great cook? Um, you know... That question is baffling for a number of reasons. Um, for one, if you cook every day and you really can't cook, are you, Stop. I would <laughs> think you'd want to quit eating your own food. So, um, But on the other hand, I think that if you really do cook every day, you're going to become a good cook because you're either going to kill yourself from bad food or you're going to get better. At it. I mean, cooking right. is a matter of doing things over and over and practicing. I mean, so, it's a little bit like asking, how can I speak English every day, even if I don't speak English? Well, Why are you looking at me like this? <laughs> is, that a, is that a personal question? <laughs> I speak perfectly English. <laughs> Even if you can't understand what I'm saying, it doesn't matter. I think to cook every day is a good uh, is a good discipline. And I think if you do cook every day, you're going to get better at it. You're going to learn things. You're going to discover that, hey, too much garlic, I don't like too much garlic. Or I put too much salt in that. Or yeah. I cooked that too long. I don't like my vegetables so, when they're I want to stress that point. This is really important that you keep practicing. So what Jem says is you have to practice. And every day is really really good if you really cook every day you will get better there's no way unless I mean it's impossible you mean I was right because I just made that up <laughs> you're, you're super right yes well we have another question and uh, we get a lot of questions about pasta pasta is a very popular food of course well, we have one question about pasta asked many times <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And one of the questions is, okay, there's a lot of price discrepancy in pasta. There's, you know, you can buy pasta for 90 cents a bag and you can buy pasta for, you know, eight, nine, ten dollars right. a bag. What's the difference? Well, we're basically talking about dried pasta. That's we'll, the we'll, price. Is we'll, we'll talk about the difference between dried pasta and fresh pasta in a moment. But let's just talk about dried pasta for a minute and what constitutes really good pasta and why it's important. So, pasta in Italy traditionally was made with, uh, when, when you're talking about extruded pasta, like spaghetti mm. or penne or any of the things that are pushed through a mold right. to create them. It's very important. The old traditional way is they use these heavy brass dyes. Mm -hmm. And what's important about these is that they create a kind of a rough texture on mm. the, on the okay. pasta. And what's good about that? Well, it holds the sauce better. Oh, yeah. And it's also really important because modern, a lot of the modern pasta, a lot of big industrial yes. pasta, yeah. they use Teflon dyes because yeah. you can, uh, can push through a right. lot more paste really fast. Okay. But what you get is a really smooth surface mm -hmm. that doesn't cook up right, and it, and it just doesn't hold okay. the sauce. Now, the other really important thing about pasta is how it's dried. Because it needs to be dried in a way that the pasta holds together really well. When, when they make industrial pasta, they extrude it and then they put it into a room that 
super high heat blowing over and it dries it really, really quickly. And you'll find that that pasta, when you cook it, it falls apart. And it oh, gets yeah, mushy and there's no flavor and it's, it's bland. Pasta that's dried slowly over many, many hours has a better texture. It holds together better when you cook it and it holds the sauce better. Now the, now the third aspect of what makes great pasta is, and I should have started the, with this one, yeah. the most basic is what kind of wheat are you mm -hmm. using? And it's important to use the, the, the great Italian pastas, they use a hard winter wheat which mm. is called durum wheat. Or, okay. And, and durum duro, duro is hard in Italian. and Yeah, semolina it, wheat. Yeah. And that just creates a better texture. It right. dries better. It holds up better. Mm -hmm. um, it's superior. So once again, the, the three yeah. elements that make great pasta is the, the type of wheat and the type of dyes used and how it's, how it's made and how it's dried. So when you look at food, the price kind of tell you what quality is it, huh? Because right. people are very close to their margins. I mean, in food, there's not a lot of money to be made, and it's uh, people don't want to pay the price. Right. So people that make really good product, they have to price it really well, so it so it sells. Right. The other th important thing to remember about pasta is even the the best imported Italian pasta that that encompasses all these attributes that I just talked about. It's still not expensive. I mean, really good pasta starts around six to eight dollars a pound. Right. So not um, one dollar. I mean, you can. You, you know, right, DiCecco, no. which has always been sort of a standard Italian okay. brand. I mean, that's that's pretty inexpensive. It's two, three bucks a package of pasta. And it's okay. still very All good, right. but All there right. are better pastas. Right. And it's just a better product. You're going to have a better dish. It's true. Everything, no, it's true. The rice, I mean, I pay for my rice. I don't buy yeah. the cheap rice. It's I don't get results. I, I can't cook it. And if you take if you take a really, really cheap pasta, like especially mm -hmm. something made here, like a domestic uh, pasta that's, you know, like, 89 cents for a bag of pasta. Right. And you hold it next to a really good Italian pasta like uh, Rustichella or um, Martelli. There's a number of brands. You can see, you could just hold these pastas up and you can see the difference. I mean, wow. one has a wonderful, rich, rough texture Crazy. and a deep color. And Crazy. the other one is is, is pale oh, yeah, and right. smooth. And it's just, you know, wow. macaroni. It's just going to fall apart. Okay, cool. Huh? Good to know. Huh? So spend the nice extra job. money getting yeah. good and, and it should be from Italy. I mean, it's not impossible to make pasta here, but there's very little good pasta made here. Wow, okay, it's, cool. It's worth the money to buy good imported Italian pasta. So really just Italian pizza, I mean, Italian pizza, <laughs> just uh, Italian pasta, is that is that that's your last word? That's it? Well, gonna... it's not to say that every bit of pasta coming out of Italy is great. It's just that the, the better Italian pastas are made in a way that makes them better. They use traditional bronze dyes, okay. they use good wheat, They all that stuff. And it's also not to say that there aren't some good pastas made in this country, but most of the commercial pasta made in the U.S. Okay, got it. Is very so soft. It's commer it you're talking about commercial. very mushy. Okay. Right, right, right. Yeah, just so wanted to make sure that people When in don't doubt, <laughs> go with the Italian. Okay, great. So, another yes answer? And the That's, answer is yes. The answer is yes. Awesome. Yes! <laughs> So then let's trade the other question that is what is the difference between dry and fresh pasta and uh, Mr. Yeah. James knows all those things. Yes, and and a lot of people say you have to raise your hand first. Oh, I, yes, teacher. you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> cheater. The, the important thing to remember is that one's not necessarily better than the other. They're totally different animals. And But uh, the fresh one is better though. <laughs> 
fresh pasta is typically made with egg. So it's uh, wheat and egg and water and salt, and it's more typical of northern Italy. Okay. And it's, just as it says, it's fresh, although it's still dried. You don't literally eat it fresh. When you make fresh pasta at home, you don't you don't cook it immediately. Uh, you have to rest it's it. mushy. It needs to rest and dry a little and bit. And bind. And bind up. Right, yeah. right, right. And it cooks much faster than dried pasta because you don't dry it as long. There's still a lot of moisture in it, and there's eggs, so it, it cooks very quickly. And it's typically used with richer sauces, okay. um, you know, with ragouts and, and uh, you know, long-cooked you okay. know, rich sauces. Uh, dried pasta is typically more from the south. So uh, dried pasta is, so the fresh pasta, you obviously, you say you cook for, you say it's for long cooking. The pasta don't cook for a long time. It's no. for the ragu that cook for the a long time. The sauce cooks for a long okay, time. Okay, that's, that's the, the difference. The pasta itself cooks very quickly. Yeah. It cooks Much in faster, probably no? half the time that yeah. dried, right. the equivalent okay. amount of dried pasta cooks. Dried pasta usually comes from more the southern half of Italy. It was a poor area so you know they may, they they just had wheat and water i mean that's okay. the only ingredients in pasta and and it was mixed together and extruded and dried and uh, it can be stored for long long periods of time which was what was great about it oh you yeah could, right you could make yes a lot it's of all pasta. about storage huh? storage yeah it's a big deal that's what yeah it's a big deal for a lot of uh, And it tended to be paired with fresh ingredients like uh, simple vegetable sauces, you know, maybe some seafood. In the South, it, they didn't cook a lot of heavy meat sauces because mm -hmm. meat was a real luxury. So meat was more of a flavoring than a, than a oh, component. Yeah. So they're, they're both great, but they're very different. Fresh pasta is a, just a completely different dish than, than dry pasta. And uh, they're both delicious. Yeah, yeah. No. Fresh pasta is richer. It's got a richer flavor because it's got egg in it. Oh, yeah, okay. So the fresh pasta is going to have eggs. Okay, got it. Okay, cool. That's great. So now you know all these answers. We haven't said yes or no. Uh, the answer is the answer is yes. Yes. Another yes answer. That's so awesome. Okay, great. Oh, there's one other thing I should say about There's one other thing... <laughs> There's one, there's But he's not saying it. <laughs> I'm trying to get it out. <laughs> say it. Say it. There's one other thing about pasta, and that is all the different shapes. And this is especially oh, yeah. true with dried okay. pasta. There Let's is, talk about the shapes. So what? In Italy alone, there are hundreds of shapes of pasta. Right. And wow. they have different names. Some of the right. names are, are what it looks like, or it has yeah, right. various like the oranges. Yeah. Like a little ear. And why all the different shapes? Well, there's a reason. They're for different kinds of sauces. Okay. You know, the hollow little penne pasta mm -hmm. with the ridges is really good for, like, meat sauces because it there's places for that sauce to get. It holds like the sauce bolognese. better. Yeah. Whereas spaghetti's just different. Spaghetti's that really great with, a t like, a light tomato mm -hmm. sauce and... So all these all these pastas have different functions, okay. and they grew cool. up in different regions where people, oh, wow. you know, yeah, shape them different, yeah, and whatever. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, nice. This is fun. I don't eat a lot of pasta, honestly, but I don't as much as I used to. You know, When yeah, I was younger, right. I ate a lot because it's easy, but it's fun, you know. But I do. I I Once went to while. Italy last year, Once and while, of yeah. course, I ate a lot of pasta. I yeah. ate probably more pasta in 10 days than I did oh, in the previous God. year because Italians eat a lot of pasta. Right. <laughs> My my mom used to serve the pasta uh, out of the water with a big thing of water and lots of parsley and garlic, mm -hmm. or olive oil, or butter, but mostly butter. She likes butter. Yeah, I love butter on pasta. Cool. Nice. Nice. Yes! We're so back. That, this, is a, this is a good question that nobody asked us. Ah, 
Okay. So, so who are we telling? So, <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't ask this question, it's okay. You can still listen and enjoy. But it's an interesting topic because well, it's kind of it's kind of important. Yeah, especially I think so. that the podcast is located right here. Right. Right. And we so we mentioned we're we're in the heart of the gourmet ghetto, and so. The question is, what is the gourmet ghetto? How did, yeah. how did this become the gourmet ghetto? Well, let me just say, first of all, Berkeley in general is one of the most vibrant food communities in, in the world, really, but certainly in this right. country. There's just, an, for, for a relatively small city, there's an astounding number of great restaurants, markets, specialty food stores, delis. Wine stores. Wine stores, just little places that sell individual things like you know, ice cream or sandwiches or soup or whatever. There, there's just a ton of places. Right, it's true. Uh, Because you're talking about Berkeley as it, one of the epicenter of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, you know, there, there are, it's just a very food-centric community. There's just right. great food right. here, great restaurants. Some of them are really great. Re I mean, obviously, yeah, right. Chez Panisse is known throughout the world. But there are other very, very fine restaurants here, and there's a lot of really talented cooks and... We do have good, I mean, there's good places also in San Francisco. There's a lot. I mean, the whole East I, Bay. That's what I hear. I've yeah. never been there. <laughs> it's across the bridge. There's a bridge. Yeah, I'm scared of bridges. Right. I've seen what can The whole happen. East Bay, even Oakland. Yeah. So the whole, the whole, Bay, the whole area Bay area is crazy, crazy filled with food. Uh, what I want to add, though, and I know, James, you agree, or if you don't, it doesn't matter. In America, there's a huge resurgence of Foods. I oh, mean, yeah. And we're, we're, I'm very excited about the fact that now people and we. Oh, I know we already talked about the foodies and stuff, but it's it's very very good to see that people are interested in food. It's finally. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. When, back when I was a. Uh With Dean and DeLuca in New York, I remember oh, yeah. there there were pockets of food places that were worth going to, and anything in between. I mean, the middle <laughs> of the country was kind of a way, and now it's just it's everywhere. Yeah, I know. And you know, I love to make fun of foodies, but yeah, right. But they do have their place, and they've they've helped spread the word, yep. you know, about about good food. You know, yeah, life is short. Why why eat boring? Life is short for food. you, maybe. <laughs> My life is very long and good, but long. Yeah, but. But this this part of Upper North Shattuck Avenue is is a concentration of, of places that, that earned its name. And it actually got the name many, many years ago, back in the early 70s, possibly even the late 60s, because there were a lot of really cool food shops on the street. Cheeseboard and Chez Panisse being among the first. And there were a bunch of others that aren't there anymore, such as there was a, a really cool uh, delicate, uh, well, a charcuterie called Pig by the Tail. Mm. A woman named Victoria Wise did it. And nobody was doing it that at the time out here. Oh, wow. Uh, Crazy, and huh? Alice Medrich um, had a shop called uh, Coco Lot, which was all about chocolate. Right. She did candy, she did pastries. Now, those are sadly gone, but, and, and, and also uh, Pete's Coffee, the original right. Pete's Coffee which is still there, yeah. and, uh, and see of course they have many more locations now, but the original one is still there. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. And it's where Alfred Pete started, and he used to uh, roast the coffee there and sell it and had a very loyal following. I mean, it's changed. They, of course, right. they don't roast the coffee there anymore because right. they've gotten too big. But uh, but you can see that there's a, they've made a little museum in there. 
Yeah. So when you go to Pete's Coffee, to the first one, to the original one on on Vine, mm -hmm. you can see the little, little things in the back where they reconstituted some type yeah. of museum. <laughs> and you know, interestingly enough, he he began his career working in tea. He his family right. sent him to the tea gardens in in India and Ceylon right. to work to That's learn crazy. the business. So when he first opened, he used to educate his customers about tea, wow. and he developed such a loyal tea following that from what I understood up as as recently as just a few years ago it was still the biggest tea sales of all wow. the Pete's was that location because they still had all these customers in the area that remembered him I think he got so tired of talking about tea that he yeah. came out with coffee thing that's right yeah he needed something to wake up and Alice Madridge she taught a few classes at Kitchen on Fire actually yeah chocolate. it was really good she's still in her the neighborhood and yeah. I see her a lot yeah she's, I see her at the Monterey Market actually she's still doing cookbooks she yeah. uh, wrote a couple right. recently she's yeah. She's still in there. Chocolate. That's right. She's very good. So we have a list of. But there's a whole bunch more now that have that have. Oh, yeah, some right. of these are are very new. Some of them have been there for a long time. But starting where we are right here at the at the uh, open kitchen uh, studio, we go up. We've got uh, this amazing sushi place. Called, so right below, right, right below. Oh, it's below. right, right. It's in this building. Right. Duh. Can't you smell it? <laughs> Yeah, I love it. When that sushi's cooking, I love the aromas. <laughs> anyway, it's called Kamado Sushi, and this guy used to be in the city and broke off and came over here to, to do his yeah. own thing, and he's really great. It's one of the most amazing sushis. Uh, right. He buys through looking at the currents. Right. And is very, very specific about this fish, so this is something you want to try. This is pretty amazing. Also, you can see a good fish place when there's a line every day. Yeah. It kind of... Right. <laughs> And he's got a little electronic sign up inside that has the fish that he recommends that day that he really right, right, that from And I remember getting something off the menu and I was still hungry and I thought, oh, you know what, I should try some of those. So I started ordering sushi from, from the board mm -hmm. and oh my gosh, it was amazing. It was right. so good. I swam all the way home. <laughs> Also in this building is Lococo's, which is a great, a great Italian place Open, like run by 40, a family, yeah. owned and run still by the family. And Gaetano right now is running it with his brother, yeah. Gai, uh, Ghiberto. They have really, yeah. really cool, guys. cool people. Great family. Yeah, and uh, the mom just stopped working there after what? How many? 30 or 40? Long I mean, something, time, yeah. something insane. Yeah. They make all their own bread. Uh, they the, the the food is just fabulous. Yeah, I mean, it's really good. Uh, and then, so you cross the street, go down the other side of 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 uh, Shattuck, Shattuck here, and there's a whole strip of places. There's Massey's Pastry. Massey's. So Paul Massey was Paul, the pastry chef at the Ritz Carlton, right, over he, in the city, and he, and he goes to uh, Le Nôtre in France to oh. to learn more of amazing desserts. Yeah, he's really and good. They there. actually it, specialize in wedding cakes. I mean, fancy stuff. Huh? I've seen no, some no, of their wedding no. cakes. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, it's crazy. They're it's really, really <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. And just the shop itself, it's a small yeah. little pastry shop, but it's so yeah. charming. And just to sit there and have a pastry with oh, coffee, a coffee, coffee or something, yeah. the whole service, everything, the way they present it, everything yeah. is just lovely. And then next door to them is Saul's Delicatessen. Yeah. They they like to say New they're York, on the, the yeah. upper north side. They're this real gutsy New York style delicatessen yeah. great place right. great place to eat or get takeout from and then and you go up Vine a little bit and there's oh yeah, the there's Juice Bar Collective little tiny 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 yeah, place yeah a little just like Vine and, and, and Shattuck where they meet if you just go up Vine just right. a little bit there's the Juice Bar Collective there's Pete's is right there right. and then across the street is Vintage Berkeley which is this great 
wine shop. Yeah. And and actually on the other side of of uh, Shattuck on Vine is then is um, Mission, is Heirloom. Mission Heirloom, which is a very interesting uh, place. Uh, it's specialized in in non inflammatory food. It's it's interesting. It's yeah. so they do everything wheat free. There's gluten free. It's all paleo. It's, it's really interesting. Right, paleo. That's what uh, I was yeah, trying yeah, to think yeah. Of. yeah. So it's something to see. It's a kind of a new trend of restaurants. Super and it's a great clean. looking place. They yeah, did a great super job. Super clean and you know. Uh, and then further down, Shattuck is a little pricey, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but good stuff. But they have a great garden out back to yeah. sit. It's lovely. So anyway, you keep going, and then there's a place called the Epicurious Garden, which is a yeah. Whole, that's where we are. That's where we are. Yeah, that's, that's me, me. Upstairs me, me. is kitchen on fire. Pick me, pick me. And downstairs are all these little uh, stands of of companies that sell food. So inside, right. first the first thing you come to is is Kerala Sushi, which is right. also a great great sushi place. That, they, they have a main restaurant yeah. which is way further down Shattuck, uh, and they've been around for years and they're renowned. Yeah. So right. this is just their little their little satellite. And then across from them is Soup. Right. I'm not sure what they sell. Uh, salads. Ah, okay. And then uh, Guacamole 61, which is a terrific little Mexican, Mexican place. Yeah. Uh, really, really good. And then Allegio Chocolates, yeah. just remarkable This is amazing chocolates. chocolate, yeah, right. I mean, this, this, this guy to chocolate is to what some people are to wine. I mean, yeah, right. really into the varietals and all that. But the soup, the soup, this, they, they, they really do a good job because they have all these type of soup and they make those ban, uh, the ban mi, the little oh, sandwiches right. that are really oh, good right. for like right. five bucks. Really cool place. Very, yeah. very super fresh ingredient, though. So they, the, spell, they spell it S O O P, which means they must be Dutch or something. <laughs> or blind. or, or they're just illiterate. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then across from Allegio is Lush, which is a uh, very, very really good, good gelato super ice cream place. Um, and then and, and um, in the back, and then in the back, all the way in the back. Well, outside in the back, they have a garden. This little uh, Japanese garden that is. Just absolutely calming and sedative. It's really, really nice. But off of that is the Imperial Tea Court, right. which uh, comes from San Francisco, and this is their East Bay branch. And uh, very, very good. Obviously yep. tea centric, but they right, also right. have really good food that all matches up with the tea, and they use a lot of tea <laughs> in the food. And then outside is a Tiger Lily, which is oh, a yeah, very cool a bar so restaurant yeah. and. Um, and then next door, of course, is Cesar, Cesar which, where uh, we have both been involved. Yeah. I'm still involved. Um, and I've uh, worked on it. I mean, I've helped open this place. I mean, I opened You literally place helped build it. And build it in 98. Uh, we opened in May 98. We opened on Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Which was I think fun. was a big coincidence. But uh, yeah, so this, in mm. fact, next May will be 20 years. 20 years. Ooh. Yeah. And then right next door. Right next door is Chez Panisse, yeah. which is known around the world. Uh, yep. Very, very famous. We don't so, have to say much about that. It's still great. Right, right. I, I exactly. go there for special occasions. It's still wonderful. So basically, Kitchen on Fire is two doors down from Chez Panisse right. and Cesar, literally right. next door. Right. Cesar's in the middle, Kitchen on Fire on one right. side, right. Shea on the other. We try to keep Shea and Kitchen on Fire <laughs> separate. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go down and there's a there's a there's a Thai place and an Indian place uh that are that are good. But then around <laughs> the, but then around the corner is a very cool takeout, yes. probably the coolest takeout shop oh, I've man. ever seen. It's called Gregoire. Gregoire is a good name friend. Name for the owner. And yes. he also came out of the Ritz Carlton. Yeah. He was a chef over there or a cook. I don't know if he was the chef, but I think he yeah. was a chef. And very, very good. He's French, and he's... Uh, he's very fun, He's a really fun guy. Yeah. 
has a beautiful not family. a fun guy like a fun G. Yeah, he's not a mushroom. Let's get that. Let's get clear about that. <laughs> he's a that. fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a mushroom a little bit with his hat. And he does fabulous takeout every every day on the menu. There is a selection of sandwiches. Yeah. There's a soup. Super high quality. Really stuff, nice huh? salads. Uh, he does like two or three he's potato puff, dishes. He's potato that are like uh, really a, good, like little pot of choux potatoes. Right. They're delicious and really really good French fries. I know they're French fries because he's French. <laughs> And the fries. Yeah. Then uh, we have a good burger. Uh, if you like good burger, Barney's. Barney's, street, yeah, that's across right the street. Right next to the butcher stop, the local butcher, which is pretty amazing. Right, right. Another place, a bunch of cooks uh, yeah. came right. out of the restaurants and they decided they were all interested in butchering and working with meat. Right. And so everything at the local butcher comes from within a hundred mile radius. By itself. You, by itself, it walks it. Whatever walks in the door, they kill it and put it in the case. <laughs> so don't go naked. Then. Yeah. So Always keep right. your dog on a leash. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, further down is a uh, another uh, takeout place. Although you can also eat there. It's a little place called Poulet. Oh yeah, right. Um, that's been there for. That's been there for a very centuries. very long time. They've gone through a lot of uh, interesting chefs. Um, Further on down, there's a, a new place that took over oh, yeah. the space from Liaison called Les Arceaux, yeah. which is run by these, we just found this out, there are two women yeah. who are opening it. I don't so even, we, have, we have not been there yet. Well, I don't even think it's open. I think no, they're it's just open, about yeah. open. But it looks pretty cool. It's a so cafe, it's a wine French bar. French Provençal cafe, so right. we're going to be fun. Right. Well, then if we are that far, then uh, across the street, there's a uh, green, sweet green, right. very interesting, uh, all raw, all raw, all vegetables uh, restaurants. Very oh. good. I'm not, you know, I eat meat, of course. In the raw. Oh, see, really I misunderstood. I thought everyone was naked inside. <laughs> it's, so it's the food. I get it. Well, forget that. Forget that. No, no, I'm sure it's very good. And then when you come back on the other side of Shadok on the same Well, and then also area. right there is Triple Rock. Triple Rock is really amazing. Triple Rock it is, is that's great. a really, really good It's a, brew, it's really a good true place. brew pub. They brew their own beer. And the, re- the burgers are really, really good. The burgers good. are fabulous. Absolutely the special really. sandwiches every day yeah. are usually very good. It's a, it's a, it's a loud place. Huh? It's yeah. really and they not, just expanded. You know. They built yeah. a space right. next door. So that's a cool place. So really, they have really a cool. lot more room and a bigger kitchen now. Yeah, they play those sports all the time. That's why I don't go too much. Because it's kind of yeah, they yeah, have a lot and, of sports but, on. But, but it's a great place. Then you have Shaya, the Japanese. Right. No, the vegetarian sushi right vegetarian <laughs> sushi yeah <laughs> those fish never eat meat uh, but before that is Corso Corso <clears throat> that's that is special by the people that have Rivoli over yeah. on Solano uh, yeah. Avenue absolutely uh, really really good place super uh, Italian but a little bit uh, I mean this is this is a very very nice restaurant yes Yes, uh, food is, is sumptuous. They make everything scratch from scratch. I mean, oh this my is gosh! Crazy. They do their own charcuterie. Yeah, they do. Yeah. It, um, it's it's uh, really really high quality, delicious, yeah. but yet simple food. Yeah, but done at a really right. high level. Right. Uh, there's another place, Taste of Himalayas, which is yeah, good. It's a pretty good place. Uh, and and uh, and next to that is or right across the street is Virginia Bakery, which is a real. It's yeah. fun because it's an old style right. bakery, old right. style right. American bakery. They have like, cakes and breads, right. and cupcakes, yeah, exactly, and exactly. stuff. But they do a really good job the, yeah. for what they do. They do a great job. 
And then next to that is a, a really cool coffee shop called the Gorilla Cafe. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Uh, very interesting place. Really? Always and revolving have, artwork and and. And uh, they have uh, good food. Good breakfast food. Good it's food. Really cool. Great attention to detail yeah, when it comes yeah. to the ingredients. It's fun. And the There's great music. The, it's a really yeah. lively cafe. Very hip people. And next to that yeah. is a branch of Phil's Coffee. Also, super cool. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah. When you order great the coffee, coffees. it takes a few minutes because. Right. They have to go out and harvest the beans and dry them and ground them. And <laughs> Kill the monkeys yeah, out of the tree. <laughs> shoot the monkeys. No, but I, you know, I waited there one day. I got a cup of coffee the first time I went there. Yeah, and it, it takes a little while, but it's so fun being in there because yeah. everybody's cool and there's a lot of activity. Yeah. But I have to say, friggin' great cup of coffee. Right. You have to say it. I have so to say, say it. I have say to say it. It's say a friggin' great cup of coffee. And then, uh, and then we're back up to, uh, to the cheese board. Um, which then, is which is actually two places now. It's the the main cheese board, which is a obviously a cheese shop, but also a bakery. They do amazing well, breads and rolls. And since stuff. you talk so much about everybody but Kitchen on Fire, let me explain Kitchen on Fire. Okay, it's right in the building, and it's the it's a cooking. We do basically cooking classes all, all every day. We have private events, and uh, my business partner Lisa Miller, she does also uh, health lectures. Uh, health talks, um, but lots of classes and fun stuff going on. It's a very it's the cool it's the coolest cooking oh, school yeah. around. And you've got a great lineup of teachers now. Yeah, Some of these yeah. guys are oh, yeah, like no, yeah. from big name chefs. Who, true, you know. But don't tell them. Yeah, don't tell them. Don't they tell them right to their head. <laughs> so no, kitchen up. Well, I don't mean fun. I don't mean they're big names, so, but I mean they've they're they serious chefs. I mean chefs. these guys are yeah. these guys are the real deal, and they teach. We were voted one of the top twenty five uh, best cooking classes in America. And I think what's interesting like about Kitchen on Fire... It's pretty cool. Yeah, and, uh, it's very cool. And what's great about Kitchen on Fire is that you're teaching home cooks. Yeah, you're well, not teaching exactly. professionals, but you're teaching them in a professional environment using yeah. professional techniques. Right. And so because they're working and learning from chefs, they learn yeah, all kinds of tips totally. that, that... The they, environment is more homey, though. Yeah. I made it comfortable, so it looks like a home, but it's super equipment. Yeah. The, the kitchen is completely geared. There's all the spices you can dream of. All the equipment, and now we just built another kitchen that hold down on San Pablo, yeah, right? Hold uh, more than forty and fifty people, so it's this is going to be fun. So this is for the gourmet ghetto. Thank you. Yes, that's great. Yes. So, so that's how, that's that's why it's called the gourmet ghetto. Uh, it's a fabulous place. If you're ever in Berkeley, you have to come and see it. Well, that's what I want to I want to I want to point out that basically, when you come, a lot of people come to uh, take a class, and they come a few hours before, and they stay yeah. after a little bit for a drink. So you can really hang out here the mm-hmm. whole day. Yep. and experiment like so, so incredible food and and, and coffee and food to take home. There's a great there's bookstore also. I mean, you can right, really hang out sink, here. Open like, to branch just, up just here. Have fun. Cool. Yeah, very cool. So place. the gourmet ghetto. The answer is yes. 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 We've got a couple of good tips here about preserving garlic. I mean, I'm sorry, preserving ginger. Oh, two different things. <laughs> They're spelled different. They're similar when you look at them. I bet you it's the same thing, though. What, how do you do that with ginger? Well, there's two good ways. One is if you, if you buy a big thing of ginger and you don't use it all, you cut it up in little, like, say, one-inch pieces, put it in freezer bags, and you can freeze it for, like, a month or so. Ooh, nice. And then every time you need a piece of ginger and something, you just pull some out and grate, you peel it and grate That's it great. or cut it up or whatever you need to do. But I found another one that I think is really interesting. It's you same thing. You cut the pieces up in about one inch pieces. Put them in a jar. One inch is big, huh? 
Yeah, but you figure if you're going to pull it out to use, that's oh, probably how Oh, to chop later, yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry. yeah. I, I was... Yeah, this is for preserving. So you put it in a canning jar and you fill it with sherry. Oh, okay. And then you get two sherry? things. Yeah, one is it pres- it, it preserves okay. the ginger, but the other thing is then you've got this ginger-infused sherry that you can use mm. in, in Ooh, cooking yeah. recipes. Nice, nice tip. Well, I, I put my ginger, I slice it and keep it in uh, apple cider vinegar. Oh, that's a good one too. And then do you reuse the apple cider vinegar? Same. I use it for salad dressings. Ah. ah. So I can use that base or I can keep uh, putting, adding stuff in there. Of course, there's another way. Eat it. You <laughs> just cook more with ginger and then you won't have to preserve right. it. You buy a thing of ginger and you use it up. We use it a lot. We never, Oh yeah. our ginger never goes bad. We're because, preserved. Yeah. <laughs> we are maybe self-preserved. It's, <laughs> maybe it's me that's got all the preservatives. <laughs> Yeah, cocktail hour is getting longer every day. Yeah, right. <laughs> good tip, good tip. Yes! I have another tip. Ooh. This one I found, uh, I thought it was interesting uh, because we made... <laughs> this one I found... Uh, well, I won't tell you where I found it. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me go back. <laughs> it was in a brothel in, on Farrell Street. In Hamsterdam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we make gnocchi at home. Gnocchi yeah. are those little pillows of flour and right. potato and however you make them. We usually, we usually incorporate some ricotta in there and make some really tasty and creamy and fluffy. <laughs> you, forgot, <laughs> you forgot something, I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things you need to do with gnocchi, when you cut, you roll it and you cut these little pieces and then you want to groove it so that it holds yeah. the sauce better. So you look groovy. Right. Now a lot of people say do it with a fork and that's what we've always done. I don't. But I found another way. You take a little whisk Right. And you just go along and you just boop, 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 boop. Run it. Yeah. Yeah. I used my cooling rack, di- oh. diagonal, and I rub those guys down and they, they take the shape. Oh. Like, so you have a whole long one and you do that and then you cut no, it No, small or? guys. And I just oh, go really? like this and each oh, of them. So oh, I take mine in, in diagonal. So I have some, it is, ah. a, it is a good idea too. Yes. I, I often take a power saw. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But since I've gotten better at gnocchi, they're not as tough, so I don't right. need that anymore. And since you have only one arm now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After that accident? Yeah. Yes! All right, so that was great. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening to The Open Kitchen and for not recording us today. Oh. We'll be back next week, and we'll keep coming back. As long <laughs> we'll keep coming back. As long as the coffee and amphetamines hold out, we'll be here. <laughs> I hope you'll join us, and in the meantime, don't be afraid of your kitchen. You can be. You can be afraid of us. Yes, we can hear you. Good job. Have a great week.